Happy Wednesday and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Into the Night Minute, a show where each and every week teams of Movies by Minute podcasters talk about John Landis' 1985 thriller adventure comedy, Into the Night. I'm your host this week, uh, Jim O'Kane of the Apollo 13 Minute, the Airport Minute, uh, the Rocketeer Minute, a couple of other minutes. And my guest uh, with me uh, so far this past, uh, for this past week has been uh, my good friend Peter J. Regan, who is uh, formerly a senior vice president of a major hotel chain and now retired, well, semi-retired because he's now running his own hotel empire in the northern reaches of Georgia. Peter, welcome aboard again. Thank you, Jim. A real pleasure to be here and, and also being able to experience 1985 as a hotel person all over again. Yes. By the way, could you spell Dahlonega for everybody? D-A-H-L-O-N-E-G-A. Dahlonega. As in Dahlonega Holiday. Uh, oh, Hideaway Havens. Dahlonega. Hi, uh, sorry. Yes, Hideaway Havens. It's uh, My wife came up with the phrase. She wanted to have something that was rustic, yet still uh, relevant to the experience people would have here. Uh, okay. Hideaway, it's a haven for rest and relaxation. Yes, it's more. It's far beyond glamping. Yes, or being at a hotel in an airport. Yes, yeah. <laughs> none of your uh, none of your hotel none of your Airbnb there is uh, made out of cinder blocks, for example. No, 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 not that I heard of. I believe we use wood, uh, which is very helpful. Oh, good. <laughs> you know, yes. This is a very funny yes. minute, by the way, Jim. Um, it is. It is. And I'll tell you why. Okay. Um, if you go to second. 15, 14 or 15. All I'm, right. I'm about to share with you some hotel terminology. All right. Are you ready? Yes, go right ahead. We're, we're looking at, basically, he's turned, Ed has turned off the uh, television and is uh, taking his jacket off to get ready for bed. Correct. And there is a, uh, in that uh, frame, or there are frames thereabout, is a major feature uh, used for hotels of this era or of limited service hotels. And that would be uh, air conditioner? Is, well, they, no, 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 Jim. They don't, those are, that would be too simple. That's uh, called a PTAC. PTAC. Right. It's a package terminal air conditioner. Hmm. So you ask, what does that mean? Well, yeah. uh, here's how it worked. Um, in central air conditioning in hotels, is very expensive to install because of the ductwork and the chillers. And right. even though they provide a, um, a more uh, comfortable uh, climate Uniform control experience, yeah. right. think of a home with central air versus an in-wall unit. Yes. Uh, these uh, were very common uh, installed back in the 70s uh, and the 80s called PTACs. And essentially, they are uh, a characteristic of uh, limited service hotels because it was less expensive to install and they were more efficient because you only ran them room by room for that specific unit. Oh, okay. So you wouldn't have to use an HV, a giant HVAC if you were only, ha- you know, it's a half-empty hotel. You're not heating and cooling the empty rooms. Correct. Those are all self-contained. Uh, they're more than uh, air conditioning because they can also heat. So ah. that's why they called it PTEX, Package Terminal Air Conditioners, because they condition the air either cool or hot. 
I have a question on the uh, this Ramada of the time in the eighties. Mm. What would be and you're at the airport? What would be considered? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming they always want 100 percent every night, but what would be considered a, a break even point on uh, occupancy? How many rooms would you have to fill up before you were breaking even? Well, you know, it goes back to whether or not you uh, went after crew business because they're the holy grail of airport hotels is to be able to have an airline crew. Uh, the airline crews were money makers because they used, you would turn the room more than one time in 24 hours. Ah, okay. See, what ha- ends up happening is you have people coming and going and the airlines at the time, their people needed to get like eight hours of sleep. So they yeah. would turn them around and use them for the next crew. So uh, they really, it depends on lower brands like this, it wasn't as uh, high a nut to crack because they, their, um, the old adage was heads and beds. Yes. Uh, and the room itself is the money maker, not the restaurant, not room service. So right. in this room, for example, there are no mini bars. Okay. Uh, uh, there are more than you don't see in, in this you know, cinder block room, which you, you brought up an interesting point. You never see those curtains back. So this may be, uh, this may not really be a hotel room. Uh, but I think it is because it just certainly strikes from a decor point of view and a layout. This exemplifies a typical hotel room back in the uh, late 70s, early 80s. So, right. especially the P tax, because uh, that that was a characteristic of limited service hotels back then. So, uh, a, sure, a sure sign that you're in a less than less than a four star. Right, right. No Ritz Carlton being here. I mean, when you look at it, it's kind of funny because the bed. You know, ba- back then, people they uh, that was how they had the pillows hidden by the uh, uh, bed cover. That was typical. Now, yes. in this day and age. The beds, the pillows it's, are everything's all. It's all about the pillows, yeah. Right, they're all out. They're all, they're all. They're not covered. They're they're in duvet covers or the shams or something. They're more of an experience. Back then, it was more just cover the entire bed with one gigantic bed cover. Yeah, uh, so that never gets washed. That never um, exactly ain't yeah. that the truth? You know, if you really yeah, bring uh, your tongs. That's why you never um, drink from the glasses. Uh, even though they tell you that they do clean them, uh, you if you're going to drink from anything, you drink from the cups that are plastic wrapped. Uh, not that yes. you would say that they don't have the same quality assurance as the higher end hotels, but uh, just to play it safe, I would not. Uh, uh, when, would, when did the when did the uh, sanitize for your protection uh, ribbon go away? No, oh, that went away back in the '80s. Also, you know what happened was. Uh, that actually turned into um, the, the, they, the perception was it was more motel-like. Uh, ah. In fact, exterior. that's why you no longer see exterior corridor hotels being built ever. Because simply put, uh, from a security point of view, people think they're too motel-like. And uh, that's more of a riffraff kind of a well, yeah, yeah. And this this hotel that we're looking at is interior corridor, uh, ironically. But uh, you know, back then it was still common for them to be building exterior corridors uh, throughout the country, not just in the south. Uh, 
But the further north you go, they, 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 there were less of them simply because it was more difficult to heat. Yeah, yeah. And try, yeah, trying to scrape the ice off of that, uh, those metal walkways. Have you worked in an American, American style hotel? I think that's what that's called, the American style, where they have the two stories and you have the glass, the glass wall on the front and nothing on the back? Yes, yes. And, uh, you know, at one time or another, all of these, it's all trendy. You know, they're, they're, they yeah. go through, you know, grass. This was at the beginning, the height of, they call it the glass and brass. Yeah. Uh, in fact, when you look at this decor, the lamps, they're brass. Uh, well, the glass and brass was very common back in the 80s, along with um, the burnt orange and brown yeah. decor. Because that's just what it was at the time, uh, considered an improvement over the 60s, which was this neon blue and orange decor. Uh, if you go through the life yes. of hotel decors, uh, they go through phases. And uh, this one is smack dab in the middle of the uh, burnt orange and smoky brown phase of hotels. Yeah. They all uh, look you, like this. You and I were fortunate enough to uh, to meet at a, a time. There's a time capsule that we've, we've been to that where the they really just kind of stopped in the '60s, and now it's become a, a kind of a kitsch uh, thing that people look for uh, at uh, the world famous South of the Border. Yes, yes. And uh, it was it was interesting seeing that that time capsule like idea that they had these uh, you know the big CRT televisions right and the uh, the 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 round everything was uh, kind of a naugahyde and uh, easy uh, to, I guess hose down. I'll tell you a funny story. I was in uh, I've got to look it up. Um, it was like Lake Voorhees, Vermont, and there's this resort there that is like straight out of late 60s, early 70s. And I remember going there uh, to visit somebody and the place just, you could tell they had not renovated it in like, you know, God knows, who knows how many years. Best part was I go into the men's room uh, the uh, on the main floor and the carpeting not only went up on the wall, it went onto the ceiling. I've never seen, Oof. I've never seen wow. carpet. So I come out to the front desk. And I go, hey, I got curious because yes, because how do you vacuum the ceiling? I mean, this must be very difficult to get up there with the vacuum, right? And you know, she goes, oh, we don't vacuum the ceiling. I go, uh, uh, yes, 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 yes. Of course you don't. Of course you don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just don't, uh, you know, wear, wear a hat when you go. Yeah. In there, yeah. Well, let me check what time. Oh, time to go. I gotta go. So, <laughs> but I remember getting the car. I go. Am I the only one who think that's a little odd uh, carpeting ceilings here? So, <laughs> but at least here they don't have carpet on the ceilings, but they do have your yeah yeah. I mean, your, it's that's coconut grove territory. Correct. Um, so, you what you want to do if you want to impress your friends and neighbors from now on, when you go to the hotel, um, you you're uh, going to mention uh, the PTAC unit. And the oh, P-TAC, by the way, yes. um, what I found funny too is you know this is uh, the shower scene. Uh, yes. That that is. At the time, um, that was the very typical tile being put in those rooms. Yes. And what they've done now, they've transitioned over where uh, from a, uh, I'm going to use the wrong terminology, uh, micro-resistant type of um, material. They put in these... um, 
It's like antibacterial? or Right, they, exactly. It's a version of that where it doesn't require uh, grout. And there are larger pieces, and, the re- and they're simulated uh, tile, but they're the larger... Um, they're not as... Uh, the, the, these tiles here in the shower, those are individual tiles that there's grouting and so on and so forth. Yeah, well, and now it's more like a board. That you, right, you right. Kinda, and yeah. they do that for a few reasons. It's easier to clean. So housekeeping doesn't spend as much time. Because a housekeeper, if, if you want to make money in the hotel industry, a housekeeper does, on average, um, a do, up to a dozen rooms a day. And wow. that means you spend less than a half hour in a room that's uh, turning, and then you spend a little bit more, like 40 minutes in a room that was a checkout. So oh, okay. time is money. And what, what, in, the, in the checkout, uh, what, what additional steps that would take another 10 minutes? They Are strip, you scrubbing they, more? They strip the bed, and what you're doing is many times, okay. uh, depending on the brand standards, um, some hotel, each hotel brand is a little different. So if you're staying in a okay. hotel for three nights... It's very common that they will not change the sheets. They'll right. make the bed, but they don't change the sheets. Uh, they'll take out, they'll swap out the towels, but they won't necessarily do a hard clean in the room. And of course, when you're checking out, they, they do a hard clean, and that the majority of their effort is in the bathroom. Oh, okay. Hmm. Most people want a clean bathroom, so counter, yeah. toilet, sinks, the whole nine yards. Uh, when you look at their, how their time is allocated, uh, make their, the bed component and the bathroom take up the lion's share of it. The rest wow. of it is a straight shot of vacuuming and so on and so forth. Now, uh, I've checked into several hotels in, in my lurid past where I've checked in, I go into the bathroom and like the tub is full of water or, uh, you know, there's something horribly wrong with it. And I've, I've always wondered how did that wind up being an open room? If nobody's bothered turning it, you know, doing an actual uh, clean, is that just a function of bad management? That's or? basically it. what happens. Again, it goes back to, you know, certain brands have uh, different standards. So the higher end brands, you will have a director of housekeeping follow past the housekeeper uh, to make sure all the things were done, where they they replaced the number of towels and that they made it correctly. Other, yeah. other brands, they don't have that bench strength. So there's less people, and there's, there's more of a reliance on less people to tell you that the room is ready to go. Ah. Not well, uncommon. Interesting. Um, I, now, this is watching uh, the beautiful Michelle Pfeiffer uh, taking her shower here, and that is a great picture, by the way. Robert Painter really knows how to treat people Right. I mean, he really, you look marvelous when you're in a Robert Painter movie. Um, but uh, one of the things about uh, hotel showers that everybody that's been in a in a moderately priced hotel or better, uh, you can't help but notice that giant bow-shaped shower curtain that's arrived here in the past say, 10 to 15 years. Where did that come from and where is that, you know, that why was, did it expand so That was, uh, it's, that's a funny question. That's a very good question. Uh, it was cre- it was um, patented by one gentleman who came up with the idea about how do you expand the space in the shower without making the shower larger. And what he does, what he found was mm-hmm. 
that when you look at the shower curtain, straight versus the curved one, it do, it doesn't change fundamentally the uh, existing uh, outline of the shower itself. What it does is it creates more perceived space above at at, at your um, shoulder, yeah, with your eye level, yeah, right. Yeah. And that's why what they came up with over the years they've um, they've actually improved on the concept with the shower curtain. The shower curtain having um, the top portion of it being translucent, so you huh. can see through it and it provides more light. But that, that was that was patented by a gentleman from Hilton. It's got to be going on twenty years now. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's so widely adopted. I mean, it's almost like if you get into a if you get into a shower that doesn't have a door or anything like that, it would be surprising if you didn't have the the bowed out shower. Right, and the new uh, the new way that the, the showers are being designed is that they're half glass, and the other portion is open because the way the water comes down, it doesn't go out onto the um, uh. onto the floor. So shower, hotel company, the way they design the bathrooms now, the shower portion is less moving parts. E- the, the goal is always, how do you make it easy for housekeeping to clean the room and turn it quicker, to spend less time in the room, so you have one person doing more rooms at less cost. That's, that's the real trick. And uh, that's where the design of the shower and the material they're using now has really turned into a science in the last two years. What you're looking at with her shower, that's old school. You know, that's the yeah. old tile. And, of course, you don't see how it's set up there in terms of the, the actual shower curtain itself. But uh, I'm sure in 1985 it was still using the straight line pole. Yeah. Versus the curved one. Funny you mentioned that because a lot of people ask that question. When did they ever come? You know, the same thing with who invented luggage, roll away luggage. And one of the the person who came out with it originally saw airline captains or airline crews coming up with an ad hoc arrangement of using an old shopping cart with wheels. They put their luggage in it to move it around easier. And one thing went hmm. to another. Uh, yeah, I read the story about that. Um, how did luggage, if you look at luggage back in the 80s, you know, when you used to still, oh, well, look at you, Airport Minute. Um, yeah. People used to carry it around. Go back and look at Wikipedia of when did luggage wheels come into its fruition. And the, the, the back story is uh, someone was seeing an airline captain using a shopping cart type of thing. Uh, you remember those yeah. shopping carts that would like kind of collapse? They were silver? Yeah, yeah, it was a folding. Yeah, grandmas would use them and carry them. Yeah, right. sure. Well, they, the, someone saw a airline captain. Uh, he jury, jury-rigged uh, his luggage onto that cart. And that's how the genesis of the luggage transformation took place. Wow. It's uh, the technology involved in hospitality has, yes. you know, it never ends. It just never. Yeah, well, the days of, you know, another a major source of revenue in the last three minutes that we've been together on this movie is no longer exist in that room. That source of revenue is the, ho- the hotel phone. 
Ah, yes. That yes. used to be a major, which, which, major source of revenue uh, and that has all but gone away due to cell phones. My uh, my late wife uh, used to have uh, she she had a full job at uh, she was an operator for something called Hobis, which was the hotel operator billing and information service. And what would happen back in the day when you made a long distance call through a hotel phone is it would go through the uh, uh, the the tel- the it would go through the, you know long distance call would go through the phone and then uh, it, it would be registered by the uh, phone company. And then after the after the call was completed, my wife's job at the time was to call back the hotel and tell them how much you know over the <laughs> over the line how much the hotel uh, how much the hotel could bill for the phone. Is that interesting? And, uh, I did not know that. that. Was just and that was as late as 1981. Yes. And, so and uh, and until cell phones became a common, um, you know, everyone had one. They were. Um, I remember I was in a P&L meeting one time, and uh, they were talking about they still had on the, on the P&L a line for telephone revenue, and someone it was like three hundred dollars, and we're talking about a four hundred room <laughs> hotel. And I remember the owner going, yeah. "Why do we still have this? Long? Why do we still have this on the P&L?" And someone goes, "I don't know. It just it's it's always been there." And they're like, oh, "Okay, well." <laughs> That really is a great, good use of logic there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, that that would literally be a generator of uh, tens of thousands of dollars. Uh, uh, yeah, and, but you but you can't get rid of the phone because everybody expects to have a phone in the room. Safety for safety reasons yeah. and a wake up call uh, and and stuff like that. Yes, it's it's used now. Yeah, room in, service, in ter- or whatever. But yeah. yeah, exactly. It's used, but so you can get your nineteen ninety five. Hamburger uh, cooked to perfection, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. along with the, yeah. your 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 dinner will be there in approximately thirty to forty five minutes. Yeah, good luck with that, uh, but because uh, <laughs> hotels hate room service, it's a money loser. Uh, yeah. Now, one other question that I've always I've always puzzled, and I always assume that this would be a major part of uh, getting the expenses right: the size of the water boiler used for showers because that must be i mean like you're saying a 400 room hotel imagine right. and everybody wants to take a shower at six thirty, seven o'clock in the morning so you've got to have an, an enormous peak load supply correct um, and what they end up in uh, they they have to prepare for the worst case scenario now mind you uh, as hotels have become more sophisticated uh, they've come up with tankless systems where it's on demand and of yeah. course that's for you know, the new systems. I mean, technology is ever evolving. And ironically, um, hotels that I open, especially the newer ones, uh, those in Central and South America uh, displayed more state-of-the-art characteristics than its uh, counterparts here in the United States. And one, yeah, because it's all new and they could, they could get the latest technology. Give you a good example. Um, you walk into a room in a hotel room in South America, Costa Rica, um, Peru, whatever, and, and, or Panama. And you go into a room there, your guest room card, you have to put it into a slot when you first go into the room to hmm. activate the uh, lighting and the television in the room. All the... Uh, all the um, components that require energy. 
Hmm. You, you, so the logic is when you leave, you take your card with you. It automatically turns off the television and the lights. So they're not left wow. for an empty room. But the funny thing about yeah. it was uh, for years, I would get out of the habit of forgetting that. I'd be looking around the room going, where did I leave my hotel card? <laughs> <laughs> and I remember, oh, that's right. It's at the, it's at the entrance. So it's at the door going yeah. in and out of the place. And I always, it, it would never, it would always um, never fail. Every trip I would go to South America, I would forget that. And the first night I would be looking for that stupid hotel card. But uh, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Now, now yeah. cards but- are um, no longer, uh, um, they used to have the magnetic stripes on them. Now they're they call yeah. RF- now it's all near field. It is RFID, radio frequency identification. So you are able to uh, the cards are all deactivated or activated, and it's it's a lot more reliable from a technology point of view to get in and out of a hotel room, as, yeah. as opposed to the old days back in the eighties. Those big gold keys. Yeah, yeah. Dropping any mailbox. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> Good luck with that. Right. But uh, yes, it's uh, there's some there's change is good in, when it comes to the hotel industry. There's some things they've done that by far have uh, been for the better. That's my two cents for what's yeah, going. yeah. And you and you were and you were part you and you were part of it all. So I you know, was. And if uh, anybody has anybody to thank, it's you, Peter yes. Regan. Uh, 30, 30 plus years later, Con- here, Conrad Hill, and then you. Yeah, right. I got yeah. Here we are. Good times. Yeah. <laughs> And and you're you're working on the very technology that wiped out hotels, right? The irony is not not lost on me. Thank you, Airbnb and and VRBO or Verbo, Verbo, Verbo. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about your about your business as we're heading out of this minute. Um, for people wanting to make a reservation in um, in North Georgia and staying in, well, a we place. are um, we have just purchased our fourth home. Uh, that is, uh, now we have seven rentals here in Dahlonega, Georgia. Uh, very exciting news. Uh, we've, we have one that's under construction right now. That's going to be opening in two weeks. And then another one that we're closing on literally a week from, uh, tomorrow or on wow. Monday. Uh, so we are, uh, Dahlonega Highway Havens. And, and when you come, you will show you around all of them, Jim. Well, yes. we'll give you the grand tour. Yes, and if you ask for Peter, he will be happy to sit down and regale you with uh, yeah. hotel war stories, of which right. he has many, many, many of which he can't tell in a public place. Correct, to correct. Whisper to you in private. Uh, have you ever been to Warsaw, Indiana? I have. Uh, <laughs> I'll be able to share with you all the, the, the exciting stories. By the way, Warsaw, Indiana is the orthopedic yes. capital of the world. Wow, so lots of people with walkers moving around. Apparently. Well, that's where they make the orthopedic equipment. So, uh, ah, okay. But that's a good point. I, should, I never noticed. So, Yeah, I, I do remember being with you when you were evaluating a hotel in North, uh, North Texas. And all I can remember was they had a giant disco room painted black. Oh, my and, gosh. Uh, the, they had... They had chairs that were six feet tall. And we... Yeah, the, oh, not, not the chair. Right, the chair was right. alone. I forgot yes, about that. Yes. And, and uh, we also... You, we, we, you came out to see me in Wichita, did you not? Yes, yes. At the, the home of the first... Uh, what was that? It was a day's in? No, there was the first... The next door was the first residence in the United States. That's right. And, and, it's, and it had been deflagged. It was no longer a residence in. No, no. It was a Wyndham Hotel brand. So. Yes. <laughs> uh, again, the legacy of the, of the yeah. brands. All good. But uh, <laughs> that's right. You were up in um, yes. Dow- North with- Dallas with me at yes. that um, 
I don't know what I, I, the Knights Inn. The it wasn't a Knights Inn. Like, yeah. It used to be the called Knights Inn, right? It was uh, turned into some kind of disco from whatever land they came from. Uh, but uh, yes, and they and they would rent and they would they would rent rooms above the disco, and people didn't know that they were renting a room where they would be playing music at midnight just outside the door. Correct. I just good, <laughs> good times. That's, Sun are replaced, but hey, more more uh, war stories to come if you go to uh, Delonica Hideaway Havens. Yes. Uh, so just ask for uh, Karen and Peter Regan uh, uh, are the uh, proprietors, and well worth your time <laughs> to get to get to North Georgia. The Delonica Hideaway Havens, Jim, and hopefully one of the days you and your bride will come out and visit us again. We we miss you. Always, always a wonderful time there. Wow. <laughs> well, for folks uh, wanting to comment on their own uh, Airbnb uh, pleasant or nightmare stories, uh, check us out on social media. You can find us at the King Lives Listeners Limo, which is on Facebook, of course. And then you can also find us on uh, Twitter. The Twitter is uh, Night Minute. If you'd like to follow up with previous, of which there are 108 minutes now, previous episodes of this show, you can find them on uh, all the typical podcasting venues like uh, uh, Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Spotify. Or you can find us at the big site, nightminute.com. We will return tomorrow as we're, gosh, we're almost getting to the end. But, but hopefully you won't fall asleep before uh, Jeff Goldblum does. Uh, so join <laughs> us here tomorrow, Thursday, on the Into the Night Minute. Thanks, Peter. All right, buddy. Take care. Do we thank you or what? I say I fall in the or what category? 